You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Ryan, we just had an intense interview. We had a couple intense interviews. Yeah, I'm exhausted mentally, physically. Me too. Yeah, I feel like uh, it, they were they were great. They were really great. I can't wait for you to hear. I'm not going to tell you who we interviewed, but um, you're going to really dig it. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, thanks for listening to us. <laughs> thanks for listening to this podcast. I know there's a lot of podcasts, but I hope you you continue to choose this one. Um, the uh, the handles, if you want to follow us, which is very important, at Inside of You Podcast on the Instagram and Facebook, at Inside of You Pod on the Twitter. You can watch on YouTube. Um, appreciate it. Please write a review. Helps the show. And uh, join Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash inside of you. If you want to support the podcast, give back and help. There's so many people that do that. It's become a big family. You get to ask questions to guests. You get to um, you get boxes sent from me with notes and tons of other stuff and perks and bonus episodes with me and Ryan, all that jazz. But uh, patreon.com slash inside of you. Um, and you can go to the Inside You Online store for awesome merch. There's tons of cool merch. There's new Lex Luthor shirts. I could say anything I want now. The strike's over. Talkvillepodcast.com. You can go get uh, the new prints signed by me and Tom. Only a limited amount left. So a lot of cool stuff there. And thanks for supporting the podcast and the Talkville podcast. Tom and I really appreciate it. And Ryan. Mm-hmm. Ryan's an integral part. I am. Um, what else we got? Um, go to my Instagram at the Michael Rosenbaum if you want to see where I'm going, cons, what have you. Um, going to Nashville Creation Con. Tom and I are doing a Smallville Nights private event, so get tickets. They're selling out. And also, um, I don't know if I could say this, Shep, but I'm saying it. Uh, I'm doing another live podcast, and the guest is Kristen Ritter, Breaking Bad, uh, Jessica Jones. The list goes on. She's a brilliant actress, and she's a good friend, and she's going to be on the live podcast with me. January 24th at the Regency Theater downtown Los Angeles. Get tickets. It is. There's going to be meet and greet. There's going to be a lot of fun. I might just bring back the T-shirt, the T-shirt gun. Oh. That was a hit. I think I almost killed someone over there. Um, what else? But the link tree at the Michael Rosenbaum for everything I'm doing, cameo, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, here we are. Here we are, Ryan. Mm-hmm. And we have a great guest today. She was actually on Smallville. Smallville was like one of her first roles, which we talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's done so much since. I mean, Friday Night Lights, the Orville. Um, and she gets she gets deep and personal as well. I really loved this. It was fun chatting with her. I think you're going to really enjoy this. If you don't know her, you're going to learn about her. I think that's part of the podcast, right? It's like, you may not know someone, but there's going to be a good conversation, you hope, and you're going to learn something from it. Yeah. So, yeah. We're all about learning here. We're all about learning. We are. Let's get inside. Adrian Palicki. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You know, we reunited at a con. I hadn't seen you in a long time. And you were so sweet and fun and just a a, a pleasure to be around. I was like, oh, like I felt like, oh, sometimes you see people and you're like, oh, you know, they the, the, the industry got to them. Or, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, divorce got to them. Or food 
got to them or drugs. <laughs> we could go on. There's a lot of things that, but uh, I, I looked at, you know, I was like, she looks great. She's uh she has a good, she's oh. in a good state of mind. And, um, but how are you? Seriously? Are you, um, are you feeling good these days? Are you a little stressed because of the strike? Are you, um, what are you doing to keep sane? Uh, I've been working on stuff. Um, you know, things that are being made after this happens. So, you know, I don't know. I think I'm just so isolated here from everything. So I'm just been focusing on hanging with friends and my dog and, you know, yeah. long walks around the lake and Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? We got, we got a lot of it here. We have some of the best restaurants in the world in Austin. Give me the best restaurant that I, I would like that's not too fancy. That's just a good steak barbecue place. Okay. Steak and barbecue will probably be separate as far as. Well, barbecues have steak. Uh, you know, everybody loves Franklin's here. I just think there's a lot of uh, hype around it. It's, it is good. It is good. But I prefer Black's Barbecue. And um, Jay Carver just opened here as far as steak goes. And it's pretty damn good. Really? But ATX Costina is probably my favorite restaurant here. But hey, look, did you always want to do this? Did you always want to be an actor? Is it something that you, you, I have a feeling you're, you know, you're a beautiful person. So you probably did modeling at a young age. I, I didn't look this up. I'm just assuming you were tall and pretty and you probably did some modeling. Am I right? I did. Okay. Eventually when I stopped looking like, you know, I was knock kneed and I had a fro. Really? Mm-hmm. My parents decided to cut my hair really short and it's really curly. So Yes. And my sister had a mullet and I was like, what were you guys doing? Torturing us slowly? I don't know. But yeah, no, I was, uh, if I showed you a picture, you'd be like, oh, you were the cutest little boy I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> but yes, when I finally went you know, through puberty and my, my knees straightened out, I, uh, I was very tall. And so I started modeling and cause I looked at it as like a way out, you know, from Toledo, Ohio. I was like, what can I do that gets me out of this city? And, yeah. and how old were that, you when you were thinking these things? I was seven when I, when I uh, figured out I wanted to act. But that was probably about 14 was when I was like really like scheming. 14 was when you wanted to get out of there. Oh, yeah. Like I, I, I didn't even think about it. I just thought, Indiana, this is where I guess it all happens. This <laughs> is the world that I live in and I'm never going to leave it, nor do I think I should because what's out there? I've been to my grandma's house in New York and it's a big city, but I, so I never, it's amazing that you had that much, you know, that feeling at such a young age to want to get out of there. Don't you feel like that's a little weird? I mean, yeah, I don't know. I feel very lucky because as hard of an industry as it is to break into and stay in it, like, you know, at least I knew what I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, but the thing that sucked about it too, is like I was 14. So I had so many more years to go before I was actually able to leave it. So I just had this angst all the time. I was like, I got to get out. I got to get out. I got to get out. Yeah. And then did you get into, minute, like, did you get into like drugs or alcohol at a young age? Were you ever into that stuff? Like in high school? No. Oh, I was so type a, I was a straight A student, national honor society, drama club. Wow. Opposite of me. I was so, so I, yeah, I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18. Me too. I remember, I remember coming back from LA and I dyed my hair black. I had tattoos. I had sex. I was smoking a cigarette. And my sister goes, 
oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) You were such a straight arrow. And yeah, I just kind of went the other way. Wow. I guess sometimes it happens like, you know, especially in the industry, you, you look like, for instance, I remember seeing this actress, actor, you say actor now, we don't say actress, correct? I don't know. I always still say actress. Okay, good. So we'll say actress today. But I remember seeing her and going, oh, she's so cute. She's so sweet. That's the kind of girl next door. I like, you know, and then I met this person, hung out with this person, and they did everything in their power to destroy that sweet, (laughs) cute, wholesome girl. I'm going to pole dance. I am going to rat a tat tat because I never (laughs) hesitate to put a fool on his back. I am going to... I am going to be like have an attitude. I am going to, it was just like, I was like, sort cocaine off a hooker. Well, I don't know about that. That was, that's, you went over the line on that one. Did I? uh, (laughs) No, you didn't. But so (laughs) I understand what it's like to kind of fight that, that side of you that you're like, oh, I'm the nerd. I'm this in high school. I couldn't get, you know, I didn't get any action. And now I have a chance to get out and, and explore and, be dark and have a cigarette and like I think you have to go through that don't you absolutely absolutely I was actually I'm gonna be honest with you I was just more afraid of getting knocked up when I was younger because I was like I wanted nothing to keep me in Toledo it's a great place to be from by the way it's also a great place to leave um yeah I think I was just more afraid of that Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. Found, I got Rocket Money. <laughs> I, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming, dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's 
so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside did you were you close with your parents mm -hmm. still close with my parents still close with your parents it's, they still live there i don't know why my sister lives in houston my brother lives in seattle it's just not it's just not easy to get to you had to fly to detroit there's a drive it's a, it's a whole wait thing. a minute why can't you fly to cleveland because cleveland's way further than detroit but toledo detroit and detroit are like this they're like how far is toledo I from cleveland uh, yeah, uh, from uh, Detroit. Detroit from Toledo. It's about 30 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. It's just a 35. So it's a direct flight and a quick drive. Mm -hmm. That sounds like hell, though, to you. Mm -hmm. How often do you go see your parents? I was just there. I was actually just there for like three days. And that was perfect. You know, it's not it's like my dad and I. Just, tight. He's he's my buddy. Right. And then my mom and I am like three days is perfect. What is it about your mother that drives you crazy? Because I could talk about mine too. Oh my God, her anxiety. It is like, she will find things to worry about. Oh, it yeah. is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Do you know if I had something, if I had top five quotes my mother has said in her life, number five, I'm dying. Number four, <laughs> your father's an asshole. Number three, I can't. I just can't deal with it anymore. I can't. Number two, um, I need money. And the number one answer, I don't know. I don't know what number one would be. I should have kept number five as number one. Mm. Yeah. They're all but, pretty good. But yeah. she's always she's always got anxiety. She's always got, she's always dying. She's Her knee is in pain. She's like, I'm dying. I'm in agony. I go, mom, I want you to look up the word agony. Are you in fucking agony? <laughs> I've had eight spine surgeries and I'm not in agony. Am I in pain? Do I have pains? Yes. Uncomfortable. Am yes. I unco do I have discomfort? But I'm dying. I can't deal with it anymore. I go, mom, you have been dying since I was born. And that's the truth. So it's hard. It is hard to be around. Like you said, three days, two or three days. 
I love, I love you, mom, but I'm fucking out. Mm-hmm. I am not going to, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. I might, I might kill you. Yeah. And I don't want that. You know, no, you don't want to kill your mom. That would be bored. Right. So, mm-hmm. Ryan's close yeah. with his family, but no, you're close. You just, your mom drives you crazy. You love her. You're close with your parents, but yes. you know, it's like, yes, I, I get it. I get it. Um, has this, did you ever think when you were, you started modeling and you were doing all these fun things, did you ever think I'm going to make it? I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be known. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to make money. Did you honestly, did you ever think like that? I did. Good I did. for you to say that. I, well, and you know, of course you're young. So you're like, I'm by this age going to get this by age 28. I'm going to have an Emmy and an Oscar and all, you know what I mean? Of course it was like this thing by 30, I'm going to be married. It's like all of these, you know, things. Mm-hmm. And then you get in the real world and you're like, that's not how this works. Yeah. Um, and I really like weirdly when I first started in Hollywood too, I had this version of course, cause it was like, you know, the time of before cell phones, it was the time of photographers following you around and and shit like that. So it was like, I had this weird thing in my head was like, well, if you don't have photographers following you around, then obviously you're not successful. You know, it was just this really weird, like, you know, I should be like Lindsay Lohan. Nobody wants that. Um, (laughs) But that shifted. I mean, that shifted when I was like really working and going, I like to do this. And I also like my life. That's why I live in Austin. You know what I mean? So you stopped uh, wanting to, you weren't chasing fame anymore. You were just enjoying the moment. Yes. That's and it a, took me some time to get there. Though. That takes time because you kind of uh, revel in it or whatever. You kind of uh, just want to be noticed and have attention and things that I didn't get as a kid. And and all of a sudden you get that and you get that and you realize it's kind of just comes and goes and no one really cares and but I still like I still like getting recognized. I don't I don't I, it doesn't phase me, but it go, I I still go, that's cool. That's nice. No, that's there's co- definitely you know. an appreciation for it. Absolutely. It just doesn't define my life anymore. Cuz that's the thing too. I mean, I know you guys are in LA, but that's what I don't love about it is the incestuous nature of the city that every single person pretty much is in one industry. It's like even if you're a lawyer, you're, you know, working for a studio or it just so everything's measured. Everything's a dick measuring contest, right? Yeah. Oh, I went on this audition today. I got this. I got this. You know what I mean? All your friends, you're like, yeah. I, you start to really have a lot of self-hate because you're like, I'm measuring myself based on other people and their successes, you know? Yeah, I I, I get that. Um, I think that, you know, for so long, it's like when people come up to you and they're like, hey, so what's new? And for so long, it was like, oh, well, I got this going on and I got this going on and, and I think this is going to happen and I'm probably going to do this. And you just had to always feel important. And I swear to God, everything has shifted where people are like, uh, hey, what are you up to? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just enjoying life. I'm just enjoying yeah. whatever I do, I'm trying to have an element of fun in anything I do. I'm just trying to be, you know, present, present. You have a large body of work and you're still very young, but you've done so much. I, I do want to just briefly talk about uh, when you were on the show that I was on where I played the bald guy, uh, I just mm-hmm. want to know. It is interesting seeing you with hair. Yeah. And by the way, I'm getting a haircut today. It's all over the freaking place. Well, that's uh, good. Thanks. But um, who would have thought you had so much of it? 
Yeah, I, I was hoping that my hair would eventually grow. I wouldn't that be sort of like you, you shave your head for seven years and then you're bald and your hair. And I, I used to worry, but Greg Beeman, who was a producer and director on on the show, oh, I love Greg. I love Greg. He said to me, yeah, because he directed you. He said to me, "Hey, just think, Rosenbaum. Everybody else on this show will look the same when they leave, but not you. You'll have hair." And I go, "Hot damn!" I always thought that. I, then it gave me a little bit like, "Okay, that's good." But, that is um, something people would say. Yeah, sure. but what was your time? What was it like on there? Were you nervous at all coming on? Because this was like one of your first big things, right? Oh my god, it was the first thing I ever did that actually aired. I'd done like a pilot at that point. Oh, this might have been my second paying job. I mean, there was one, and it was not a porn, but it's definitely not on my IMDb because it's that you know horror movie that you always just you're like, I got paid to do that, but I never need to see it, and other people don't either. So it's kind of like the third paying job. And not only that, on said whatever we were on, um, the first day on set, I had to be in a pasty, pasties and a thong. Oh, my boy. Walk through the woods in Vancouver. And I want to say it was like October Christ or November. Christ. It was freaking cold. But I was also like, hey, crew, here's me naked including, you know, Tom, who had to open the door and like literally was looking anywhere but at me. Uh, he yeah. was so he was uncomfortable. Awkward, yeah. And by the way, every crew member to this day says it was the best day in the history of their filmmaking. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Seeing you in the woods with pasties. But you know what? I remember this. I remember just hearing how cool you were and what a sport you were and how fun, funny you were. That's what I oh. remember. I don't remember like, oh man, she's hot or this. I remember everybody just really liking you. Oh, that's cool. Well, it's I true. Like it's true. You're a fun person and you're a team player. And uh, so, yes, the first time you meet Tom, I guess you're you're supposed to play this naked girl who's supposedly from Krypton. Correct. Correct. And so. were you nervous? Of course. Of course. Tom's hot. Tom's hat. I heard the Toledo <laughs> accent. I heard your Toledo accent. Tom's oh hat. Oh my God. <laughs> He's from freaking Toledo. Um, he is hot, you know, um, but you were hot. You're still hot. You know, I met you at the Slutton place. Yep. When I was shooting the first thing I ever did, which was a pilot. Yep. Which was before that. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. So I actually, the, you made me feel so comfortable because going on to it, I already knew you. See? We met at, we met at the hot tubs. The hot tubs. Yeah, I was running like, because I, I used to go to the hot tub late at night where there was nobody there. It was completely empty. And I'd sit in the hot tub and I'd just learn my lines by myself and nobody would be there. And occasionally if there was somebody there, I would just stop obviously learning lines and just sit there and if they stay too long, I'd leave. But I remember, I, I think I was learning lines and then you, you came into the hot tub. Yep. But I, and I think at one point I helped you learn your lines. Yeah, I think you did. 
<laughs> I think you actually initiated and said, hey, you want to read? You want to read that? Like you were cool about it, as I recall. But yeah, um, it's good memory. What when you've watched the episode, were you were you really excited because it was one of the best episodes ever? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I've only seen it once and it was when it aired. And my manager, my managers put together kind of a little screening party, mm. which I don't know about you. I, I don't love watching myself, especially in front of other people. Definitely not for the first time. Yeah. I have to know if it's good or not. Right. Yeah. It's like cringy. I get yeah. really uncomfortable. Oh man. It's, it's the worst when you haven't seen something and you're watching and you're just Mike judging it the entire time. Uh huh. Yeah. That's nerve wracking. I don't like that. I don't like people being on set. I don't like people visiting me while I'm working. I don't like, I didn't even watch small, that small show that I was on for a while. I, Good save I there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I watched occasionally, but like now doing that rewatch, it's like watching for the first time is it's so crazy now. And I, I appreciate it and all that, but, um, but it's cool that you were a part of that. You were a part of that sort of mythos. Is that what they call it? You know, that sort of Superman lore. Um, it was cool. But then you went off and did a big show, the football show. Let me tell you something. I think I told you this or maybe not. <clears throat> I didn't watch the show when it first came out. I didn't watch the show till about, I want to say five years ago. And my friends swore by it. And I go, Chris, remember Chris? Uh huh. We went to the mall together. Yep. Yep. I said, Chris, come on, man. It's like high school. It's like, I don't, he goes, Rosenbaum, dude, you got to watch it. Trust me. You got to, you, you'll like it. I was hooked. It is such a good show if you haven't seen it. It is every performance is so just it's it's a, it's a, it's a show that should go down in history as one of the great great shows of television. In it's history. in the top 10. It is? Who judged mm -hmm. that? I guess New York Times or I don't know, somebody. Well, good. And uh, yeah. It was honestly it was the best thing in the it, it taught me how to really act. Because, you know, Peter Berg handpicked everybody on purpose for the reasoning that he wanted people to just be raw and improv. And, you know, like you would walk into a room and there were three cameras, no marks and just be like, go. And then sometimes, you know, he'd whisper something. And then our EP director ended up uh, doing this as well, Jeff Reiner. But like, you know whisper something in my ear and then go to Plemons and whisper something in his ear and we say whatever it is. And then all of a sudden we have this whole different dynamic going and then we'd go into the lines and it just created this really cool environment to, to work. And it was really hard to relearn how to, you know, walk up to a mark. Seriously. That. that what a great gift to go in and go, Hey, we know the lines. And let's go play a little bit. Let's go play and let's improvise if we feel like it. And at, what, I mean, what a great environment. And you're doing it all in film. You're shooting on film. Yeah, we were shooting on film. And, you know, I met some of my best friends on that show. Connie Britton's still one of my dearest friends in the world. She's like a sister. Who did she play? She was the, She's not the, the lead. Mom. The mom. She's Tammy T. I, for, I forgot the names of people. I forget the names of people. She's amazing. I loved her. 
Yeah, and, so and he was great, great too. They, I'm, I'm, honestly, everybody was great. Like there isn't a bad. I can't think of one performance where I'm like, eh. And I'm sure there was some, but like most of these performances were just dynamite. Like, did you, when you look back and you're acting with Jesse Plemons? Yeah, my buddy. Can you remember thinking he's going to be a big star? This this guy is really great. Or just thinking like, he's good. He's good. Honestly. No, I really thought, to me, he always felt like if um philip seymour hoffman and matt yeah. damon had a yes, baby yes. that's what he would look like yeah. and you know with that kind of energy and i knew even when he was i mean he was one of the youngest but he was still like my buddy you know what i mean he was a good hang and he was like 17 or something when we started that show and yeah i looked at him and i was just like he's going to be huge and here he is winning awards and do you still talk to and him still, and, yeah you do? Yes. Well, it's been a long time. I didn't know if you were still close. Yeah, I'm still close. I know him. I know his his gal, Kirsten. And um, they, they come to Austin. But I think they actually might buy a place here. Because, you know, he's from Waco. So, um, yeah, no, I talked to them. I talked to, talk to a lot of the people. What Kyle about, lives in Dripping Springs with his family. What Kyle does? Mm-hmm. I... You think Kyle would ever do the podcast? I love Kyle. Oh, God, he's a hoot. He's so good. As that coach, it was like, I, I you can't be more likable and cool than that dude. Oh, and you know what? Okay, here's a story for you. So Linda Lowy, our casting director, who's brilliant, right, uh, does everything for, for Peeper. Peeper wanted Dwight Yoakam. Oh, that would have been tough, a, a tough character. It would have been a very different character. Different show. And she was like, listen, you have to see this guy. You have to see this guy. And Peter will tell you the story. Um, and he's like, no, he was that guy on that show with the newspaper. Ah, he's too pretty. He's too pretty. He's a pretty boy. I don't want to see him. She's like, listen, we have to put up more than one person. You know what I mean? Like, you, let's just, just, just other people are coming in for sessions. Just let them come in. And his hair was exactly how his hair was on the show. He took off his ball cap. And he's like, hey, how y'all doing? Okay. And he just looked like he'd had like too many beers the night before. And he was just, his hair was like this, just awry. And Peter was like, dude, I'm sold. He's, he's the guy. He's the guy. Because honestly, I don't know that that show would have been what it was if it had been somebody other Dwight than him. Yoakum, and Connie. I love Dwight Yoakam. And he's a great singer and he's a great actor. But Dwight Yoakam is good for a supporting character in a show, not the lead fucking coach. That would have been the worst decision ever. There's, I mean, what would have happened is the coach would have died in the first season and then they would have had a new coach. Yes. Well, this is why <laughs> we also have casting directors. <laughs> now, you've done all these shows and you're doing one now and uh, it's, you know, it has to deal with space and a ship. Uh, that, no, no longer doing that. That got canceled? We only did three seasons. Is it not going anymore? I don't know truly the answer to that. I think that there's <laughs> the talk that it could possibly be something that certain people want to do. But it's a really difficult show to shoot, man. It is. We shot 33 episodes in six years. 33 episodes in six years? Mm -hmm. How is that possible? Mm -hmm. That's 33 divided by six is 5.2 episodes a year. Mm -hmm. Was it expensive? Mm -hmm. 
okay, so you're getting paid the same as an actor. So if you're only doing five episodes, it's not really worth your time. No, it became an actual real issue because there would be so much time in between, uh, between seasons. Cause Seth wanted to write everything, um, himself. So it would just take so much time. And at one point we were like, we have to like fight the studio to like give us a holding fee or something because, you know, Jay Lee was eating saltines and Gatorade at one point because we just couldn't afford anything. It was horrible. Wow. I had no but, idea. Wait, so you play hockey. Did yeah. you ever play with, with uh, my ex-husband, Scott Grimes? Um, I don't think I've played with Scott Grimes, but I knew him from years ago. Big hockey guy. Yeah. Also met on that show, which is great. He's still one of my best friends in the world. So you're so. still friends after you got divorced? Yeah, he just texted me right now. We're planning How on is the, going on a trip. That is unbelievable. How do you get married and then immediately get divorced and still are best friends? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I know. Honestly, I think being thrust back into like another season of the show after everything, we started off as best pals. So we were, you know, always just, you know, doing weird stuff to each other on set. Not that sounded, that sounded dirty. I didn't mean that like that. We were just always picking on each other. Right. And, playful. You know, Very jokes. playful. Yeah. Playful. Right. 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 And then, you know, one day we just hooked up. Yeah. It was really good. And right. then that just kind of became this thing that we were sneaking for a year Ooh, on the show. And job. then it escalated into what it probably shouldn't have, you know? So we tried it. Didn't work. Well, good for you. You're mature. Two people that are mature, that appreciate each other. It didn't work out the way they thought and gave it a shot. Moving on. Mm-hmm. I don't have more fun with anyone outside of my sister in the world. He is so fun. We just sit there and laugh. I remember liking him. I just haven't seen him in so long, but I remember going, I like that guy. I remember liking him. I just don't know him well enough. Like if we saw each other, we're like, dude, Hey, it's been forever. Right. But yeah, I like him. Um, and I love that he loves hockey. Cause I'm a, a big hockey fanatic. Um, so you don't want to talk about the Orville anymore. That that's, that sounds like you just don't really want to talk about that. No, I loved it. Did your character you die? No. You're like, a I love, listen. Okay. So I did, I did love so many things about it. I think it was the process that was hard. The yeah. process was difficult, but I love the people I work with and I love the crew. They're my family. Um, but it was, just it, was too hard. Just, it was, it was taxing. It was taxing for, for what you got out of it. It was, it was, it was a lot of work for right. little game. Do you ever get starstruck? Is there an actor that you have worked with where you just, you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm working with this. And it's kind of like going to interfere with your work. And you're just like, I'm not going to let it interfere with my work, but you're a little bit enamored. Uh, yeah. Who? Harry always. <laughs> really? From princess well, bride. That's why, because it's the mo- that's the movie that made me want to be an actor. Did you tell him that you were starstruck? I did eventually, of course, because he loved to tell stories too about people. And um, but what I was doing was a pilot, and my character was the main person. And did David E. Kelly have anything to do with it? Uh huh. And so yeah. when he came in, they wanted me to read with him, and I didn't know. That he was coming in. And when he walked in, I was like, uh, I just looked at the casting director. I'm like, you have to read because I don't want to blow this for him. And oh my God, I'm so nervous. I was shaking. I was like, I don't even know what to do right now. And he's, and he, by the way, the nicest, maybe the nicest human in the world. 
you know, I was thinking, what about working with Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki? Did you enjoy that? Were they fun to work with? Those assholes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love those guys. And by the way, they live here. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yes. Um, no, they're just, they're fantastic. And honestly, I'll say that when I did the show initial thing, the first episode. Hey guys, I'm doing another live podcast downtown LA at the Regent Theater. And my special guest for January 24th is Kristen Ritter, Breaking Bad, Jessica Jones. This is going to be a sold out event. I know it. It's going to be exciting. And uh, there's a meet and greet and so much fun that's going to happen January 24th. So make sure you get tickets as soon as possible. Downtown Los Angeles at the Regent. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum with special guest Kristen Ritter. I'm so excited. I was really bummed because I was so aware of the fact that I wasn't coming back to the show because we had just such a great time. And everybody was we were still kids, you know, especially uh, Jared. He was a baby. Yeah, he was a baby. So, um, yeah. talk to me about having to deal with, I know you've talked about it a lot, but like this show, we deal with mental health, we deal with all sorts of shit and it really helps people. And I know that you have dealt with celiac disease and it's real, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's real. I, I don't think people quite understand, you know, some people are like, oh, I, I don't eat gluten and be like, oh gosh, gluten, you know, here we go with the gluten thing. And I'm like, I, first of all, I'll say when I don't have gluten and I don't have dairy, I feel significantly better, significantly. So tell me, tell me exactly what it does to you and what happens when you do take things you're not supposed to take or eat. Okay. Well, I found out on the, when I was in Texas doing the thing about football, um, I got really, really, really sick. Connie and I would go out and eat every night And it was just, you know, whatever was amazing, which is everything here. And I just started to get like really bad stomach pains. Like almost like, I feel like I might know what being shot feels like. Whoa. Like I would have pills, pain pills that, I mean, I'd be driving and I would be writhing in pain on the side of a road for sometimes an hour. Um, And it was never consistent. And then I started dropping a ton of weight. And I had this belly sleeping 14 hours a day, still didn't feel like I was sleeping. And then the really freaky thing was I couldn't walk up a flight of stairs. I was so out of, out of breath. So I finally went to the doctor and he gave me a blood test and I had absolutely no B vitamin. I was so anemic. Uh, I almost needed, I was like 0.001 away from needing a blood transfusion, no vitamin D, anything. So it almost, it looked virtually like I was anorexic. You know what I mean? Did he ask you that? Yeah. He asked me all the questions. I mean, again, too, I'm like really thin. I'm like, you don't understand how much I eat. And it just like, I don't know what's going on. So he tested me for a million different things. And I had already kind of self-diagnosed at that point when I was younger, because I always had tummy issues and hadn't eaten like anything carby. I always did really well on that. So I was just like, you know, would you just test me for celiac? He's like, you're supposed to be born with that. If you were born with it, you'd be four foot two. And this is an old school way of thinking. And I'm like, just listen, you're already testing me for MS and all this other shit, you know? Um, Sure enough, the thing that came back positive was celiac. And you have to go to a gastroenterologist. It is a whole thing because you're like more susceptible to like colon cancer and all those things. But 
Yeah, it's a real thing. And so it's an ultimately a malnutrition disorder because it kills the villi in your intestines if you have celiac and you can't absorb nutrients. So this is why you feel or felt the fatigue, why you weren't gaining weight, why you weren't having the strength to go up the stairs. It was because of this. Yes. And what what did you do? How hard is it to get on a specific diet and stick to it? In the beginning, it was hard. I mean, it's, it's so easy now. Like everybody has a gluten sensitivity or allergy or whatever. And like most places have gluten-free, you know, shit. Austin always did. Even when I was first diagnosed, they had a bakery. Um, but it was, it was the sauces. I kept messing up because I didn't realize that it's like literally in every sauce. So that became kind of a, you know, touch and go thing. So it's really hard for people to start on that, but it's just, it's so easy now. And sometimes the stuff tastes better. Explain how long it took before you actually go, wow, I feel like a different human being now. It was a month. I remember the moment that was like, oh, is this what feeling good feels like? Wow. Did you feel while well, you had it? I'm, just, I'm asking these questions because I notice when I have gluten, it just, I feel like shit. I'm dragging. Oh, I know I have it. I'm dragging. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just. I'm just tired. I and, and what about your aches and pains? Did you feel like everything was inflamed? In, yes, inflamed. That's why it's it's an like it's an inflammatory. That's why they encourage people like with cancer to not eat it, that and dairy. You know what I mean? It's such an inflammatory. My sister moved in with me in LA, and I have a gluten free household. She still ate every night either rice or pasta or some kind of potato, cut out gluten, but she would just make gluten free pasta, whatever. Every night we'd eat carbs. She lost a hundred pounds in a, a, a year. She lost 30 pounds the first month. By just not having gluten, really? Yep. That was it. Well, what if you don't want to lose weight? Eat whatever you want. Exactly. If it's gluten-free. I mean, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean it's healthy. You know, you can still eat really bad for you, gluten-free food. You know, I urge everybody just to, uh, if you're like me, when I don't, like I said, if you just just take like a month off of having gluten. Just make sure you just don't have gluten or dairy. Just and and write down how you feel on day one, how you deal, how you feel on day fourteen, and how you feel on the last day of the month. And I bet you everything that you're going to notice a huge difference in your energy levels. In mm-hmm. your just, you're not going to be as tired. You're not going to have as I, I'm telling you, but so, for some reason, it's so hard for me to not, when the boys are around, have a couple slices of pizza, have a, you know, have uh whatever dairy have and just enjoy life. But I'm like, well, you're feeling like shit though. Is it worth feeling like shit for, for a, a two minutes of going, Oh, I feel this is great. Yeah, no. Especially when there's something else you could eat that's similar. You could have a piece of pizza that's gluten-free. That's just as good, and you don't feel that way. Yeah. It's just not, it's just not as convenient. Like, you know, going on a long drive is difficult sometimes. Yeah. But do you, you feel substantially better now? You feel great? I feel amazing. If I have it, if I have it, I know. I usually will turn, like, the fuchsia. And then I pretty much have, like, the stomach flu for... That day, 1,000%, and sometimes it'll last up to three. Wait a minute. Even if you have a little bit, mm-hmm. that's what your body does. The worst for me is soy sauce. Soy sauce. You can get gluten-free soy sauce. 
No, tamari. It's literally, it's better. It just doesn't have the preservative. I mean, think about it. Soy sauce can sit on your shelf for 30 years. Tamari uh, can't. Yeah. Because it doesn't have the wheat. That is a commercial. Soy sauce can fit on your shelves, sit on your shelves for 30 years. Tamari can't. Introducing new tamari. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. Oh my God. I'm like, I don't know if I want to put something in my body that can la- like outlast me yeah, and still be true. okay to use. Um, I love this. This is just a fun conversation. It started out so boring. And then we've just really, because of my questions, <laughs> they were really boring. And we can cut that though, because it's going to be a really good episode. I'm really excited about this. Look, I know you probably don't believe it, but this was actually turned into one of the most fun times I've had. It really just felt it was just kind of fun. Yeah, anytime. It really was. I've been wanting you to come on here for a long time, and I'm I'm glad we finally did this. Me too. Thank you for asking me to be on. Yes, thank where's you. Where's Tom? Ta- uh, what do you mean? Where's Tom? Tom, do we do the other? Don't po- you guys do your your podcasty thing together? Oh yeah, we have the other podcast that we do ah. together. We, we have the Talkville podcast. Gotcha. This is fantastic. Are you going to be in any cons coming up? Not till May. Nashville, Nashville. Huh? Are you going to Nashville? Going to Nashville? 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 When are you going to Nashville? I don't know. I think June or something in next year. I don't know. No, I'm going to Nashville this year. I'm going to Nashville in December. All right. Yeah. Well, I hope to see you soon. I'm gonna I'm gonna just text you regardless. Yes, please. And come to Austin and I'll text you when I'm back in LA. I would love that. It's nice to know I have a place to stay in um Austin. Absolutely you do. Love you. Love that girl. Thank you for being on the podcast. It's taken a while, but you took time out of your busy schedule. I mean, there was a strike, but uh, no, I appreciate it. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I appreciate all you guys for listening. If you really enjoyed the podcast, you're like, Hey, not bad. Please follow us and listen to some more episodes. Don't just come for Adrian. Come for, you know, for us. We're here, Ryan. We're people. We have banter. We have some banter. Like, Not very good banter, obviously. I just thought it'd be funny to just do a really long, awkward pause. A long, awkward. We we do, yeah. Uh, and uh, make sure if you want to uh, give back to the podcast in more ways than one, you go to patreon.com slash inside of you. I'll send you a message. Thanks for joining, and um, you could really help the podcast. Believe me, it's up to the po- the uh, patrons who really support the show to keep it going. So thank you. And if you missed anything, listen to the intro. Or you can go to my Instagram at the Michael Rosenbaum. Linktree has everything I'm doing, cameos, all that stuff, all that jazz. Uh, right now, why don't we get into it? This is the top tier patrons. These are the people that are on the, the the top. They give the most to the podcast, and doggone it, they get their names shouted out. So here we go. Top tier patrons. Go to Patreon.com/slash inside of you. And here we go. Nancy D. Leanne Kristen, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H. Just saw him at the uh, Depeche Mode cover band thing. Uh, Ray's Depeche Mode convention. It was fun. Ooh. Nika P, Robert B, Jason W, Sophie M, Raj C, Joshua D, Jennifer N, Stacey L, Jamal F, Janelle B, Mike E, L, Dan Supremo. 99 more, Santiago M, Chad W. Leanne P, Maddie S, Belinda N, Dave H, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N, Talia M, Betsy D, Rhiannon C. Corey K, Dev Nexon. Michelle A, Jeremy C, Brandy D, Joey M, Eugene, and Sweet Leah. Corey, Angela F, Mel S, Christine S, Eric H, Shane R, Andrew M, Amanda R. 
Kevin E, Stephanie K, Jor L, Jamin J, Leanne J, Luna R, Mike F, Stone H, Brian L, Jules M, Kendall L, Jessica B, Kyle F, Marisol. Hi, Kyle. Hi, Marisol. Hi, Jessica. Hi, everybody. Marisol P, Kaylee J, Brian A, Ashley F, Marion Louise L, Romeo the Band, Frank B, Jen T, Nikki L, April R, Randy S, JDW, Oral P, Ginger Insomniac, Rachel D, Lorelai L, Melissa H, Nick W, Stephanie and Evan, and Char- Charlene A, or Charlene, but it's Charlene. Thank you for being a supporter of the podcast and, and helping this podcast. Uh, couldn't do it without you. We keep doing it because of you. So as long as you guys are here, uh, I hopefully won't be going anywhere. Um, thank you. And uh, from uh, my heart, uh, I'm Michael Rosenbaum from the Hollywood Hills in California. I'm Brian Tails. Little wave to the camera. Thank you, guys. Uh, be good to yourself. And um, all my love to you. I'll see you next week. Hopefully you'll tune in. Thank you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.